welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm so excited to bring on a longtime friend and just the most amazing human being possible. Brianna Rose is the CEO of the Light Leader Collective and Kundalini Business Coach for Women Entrepreneurs. Her global online business has transformed thousands of women's lives, including mine, teaching them to create impactful online empires, live a lifestyle of financial freedom, and change the world. For Brianna's success methodologies, her clients align with their purpose, write magnetic content that captures the hearts of their soulmate clients, unlock their energy systems to activate their intuition, and exponentially grow their businesses to six figures and beyond. That's like, I get chills reading that, right? (laughs) So good, Brianna. I'm so excited that you're here. Hi. Hi. I'm so (laughs) pumped to be here all morning. I couldn't wait to hop on here and riff with you guys. No, it's going to be so, so fun. So why don't we just get into like some of the fun stuff. The past few episodes, we've had a lot of women talking about their own experiences with Kundalini, even though that's Mm. not why we brought them onto the show. So we we finally have an expert who can talk about what Kundalini is. So can you explain it for the people who've never heard about it before? Mm, I would love to. Um, Kundalini is one of those like buzzwords now, which is really cool that it's like getting out there and mainstream and people are starting to hear about it and learn what it is. So Kundalini, it is an energy. It's an energy source that lives at the base of your spine. Every single human being on the planet has Kundalini energy within them. Um, It's not something that you get outside of yourself or like a practitioner facilitates for you it's within you. Um, For most human beings, they're walking around with their kundalini energy, just like laying dormant at the base of their spine. And it's just like a little pocket of energy that they never touch. When you start to awaken this energy, this energy is your untapped potential. So literally like all the stuff like that you could achieve and want out of your life, like you can once you tap into this energy reserve. And once this energy reserve is opened and awakened through the use of Kriyas, which are sequences of poses, postures, mantra, and breath work, that energy like courses through your entire physical body and energetic body to align you with your highest potential and highest truth. Literally everything is achievable once you awaken this energy and this energy kind of runs its course. Each awakening or Kundalini activation, as I like to call it, looks different for each and every single person because we all have our own um, stories that we came into this lifetime with trauma ancestral wisdom all of that plays a huge part in your own activation and how long it takes but it's the same thing for everyone we all have this energy once we awaken this energy it represents our untapped potential it's kind of like our own little secret weapon that we have within our bodies to awaken and activate and reach our higher selves It's so good too. When I first started doing Kundalini, it was with you and unlocking that was sort of like opening up Pandora's box and like everything started pouring out. And I know Becky had a similar response this summer because I made Mm -hmm. her start doing Kundalini because everybody. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Danielle introduced me to Kundalini. So Mm. you introduced me to Kundalini. When was it? I don't know. It was 2020 sometime mid 2020, I think. Um, And I, I heard about it on create your light Academy, the shadow work uh, course I did with Danielle. And I was like, Kundalini, Kundalini, Kundalini. It's kind of like Akashic records and shadow work. You're like shadow work, Mm. Kundalini, Akashic records. What are these things, Mm. these magical things. And since then, like, I'm not going to lie, things kind of went what I deemed was wrong, but they weren't wrong. Like some, yeah. some, some big shifts happened at the beginning. Um, it completely transformed my life and it took me away from things that I thought I was heading towards, but I didn't want those things anyway. Mm. Um, so it did me a favor. Um, and I would say I went through a really, really um, intense time of transformation 
that when I came out of it, I was like, I'm so glad that happened. And now yeah. I do Kundalini every day and I don't even know that much about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, the expert on here. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to talk about that because it's, that's, that's what happens. A lot of people, I think it's also just because we live in the Western world. We think if we do a Kriya tomorrow, we wake up and we're going to be healed and like everything's good and we're millionaires and we found our soulmate. And like, it, 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 I mean, maybe it could happen to some people. Maybe it does happen within a 24 hour time period, but realistically we have to kind of go through this internal journey. Kundalini is basically like taking 60 years of healing and doing it within like a three month container. It just kind of shortens that gap. And that, that pretty like to- much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's normal. And it, it's really cool that we get to go through all of it within this like smaller container rather than taking, you know, 50, 60, 70 years to process our, our stories and our stuff that we're kind of carrying around with us. And I like to think of the Kriya as almost like shaking you up like a snow globe. Like you're just getting shooken up and like all the things that don't actually serve your highest and greatest good can fall to the wayside. But our human parts of us want to cling to those things because it's normal. It's comfortable. Even if it doesn't actually serve our highest and greatest good, it's like what we know. So there's like this resistance that sometimes happens when we're having that Kundalini awakening. Cause we feel like the rug is being pulled up from underneath us. When in reality, it's like, we're actually just being pushed onto the path that we're supposed to be on. And what I say to my students is like, when we're awakening this energy, you're telling it where you want it to go. So you're telling it like, I want to have the six figure business. I want to buy my dream home. I want to meet my soulmate, whatever the, the, the 3d thing is that you want and you desire. And your Kundalini energy is like, okay, cool. I got it. And we're going to go do that. And here's all the things that you need to let go of in order to align with that. Here's all the lessons that you need to go through in order for that to happen. I mean, it, it isn't just like a little switch that we turn on and off. We have to go through that that internal journey so um it's it can be rough at first because we don't want to let go of those things but once we surrender to the energy and we're like all right i actually know what's up like my energy knows what it's doing when we can fully lean into that trust and know that everything that's falling is like actually not pure and it actually doesn't serve our highest and greatest good and we can just like be in vibration with that the experience gets a whole lot easier and better i love the story of how you first got into kundalini would you mind sharing it with everyone Yes, yes. Um, So I discovered Kundalini about a decade ago now. Um, I kind of heard about it actually closer to eight years ago. I heard about it and I was kind of going through this like spiritual journey, Um, had always been deeply spiritual as a child and super sensitive to energy and always felt like a a weirdo because I was like, oh my God, I can see energy and I can see dead people. Like, this is crazy. You know, like that was kind of my life growing up. And I was so afraid of that power um, until I was about... 23, 24. And that's kind of one of our connections, Danielle, where one of our good friends passed away. Um, what was really interesting was like the last conversation me and our friend had, um, we were sitting down at our local bagel shop and Danielle knows this bagel shop pretty well. And she, we, everyone knew in our friend group that I was the one that could like see people see energy and no one wanted to go to my house because they thought it was like the ghost house because whenever anyone would come over sleepovers weird stuff would happen and in that conversation she had said to me you know if I pass away first I'm going to come back and haunt you because I know you're going to be able to feel me and the second she passed like that was the conversation that came up in my head and I was like oh my god like like, you know, mourning the fact that she's not here, but also knowing she's going to try to contact me. And that just opened up like a flood of doors. Um, it's like my spiritual awakening happened in a second. Like all of a sudden I was like regular human Brianna. And then all of a sudden, like my, I don't know, it was just like seeing everything, feeling everything. She was coming through. I was trying to connect with her. And it was like, you know, for lack of a better word, a shit show, like everything was just all over the place. And they didn't know how to manage the energy. Um, you know, I was having nightmares. I was having dream visitations. I was seeing or it was like it was it was a lot and then I heard about Kundalini through Gabrielle Bernstein I randomly picked up her book um at this time I was like very much into um you know I don't know, in my, in my masculine, like I didn't really think about this stuff. Um, but somehow I came across Gabrielle Bernstein and I started reading her book, May Cause Miracles. And she spoke about Kundalini and I did a quick little Google search and I was like, eh, I don't know, this is kind of weird. Everyone's <laughs> dressed in white. I'm not sure. And they are like chanting, this feels like a little culty for me. Um, but I trusted her because she was saying how much it worked and it ended up being 
I was still at my nine to five, um, where I worked next door, there was a yoga studio. And at the time it was the only yoga studio on Long Island that was teaching Kundalini and they had a class the next night. And I was like, okay, like, I guess, I guess I'm going to go ahead and do it. And, um, you know, I walk in, everyone's in their white turbans and their white outfits. And I had like, you know, my black leggings on a very New York, like black, black shirt, black <laughs> leggings on. And I was like, I don't fit in here, but whatever. Um, I was really like, you know, low, I was like super depressed. And I was just willing to do anything that might make me feel better. And I went through the class and Kundalini is very, different. I went into it thinking like, it's yoga. I'll be fine. I've danced for 15 years of my life. I'll be able to handle this. And I, I went through it. I was like, this is like nothing I've ever experienced in my entire life. Like this is like the weirdest thing possible. But after 90 minutes, there was a shift. It was almost like this like dark cloud where I was just like so in fear, so depressed, so disconnected from myself. It was like, it was like completely just shifted up and out and I could see the light. It didn't last forever, but it lasted for like an hour. And I was like, all right, well, an hour of light is better than no light. So let me keep following this. And then, you know, I kind of went down the rabbit hole with Kundalini, just became really obsessed with it, um, learning more about it. And I love it. I mean, it, it, it changed my life and allowed me to come back to myself and, I just really wanted to help people because I didn't want anyone to ever feel the way I was feeling because I felt so alone and I felt like I didn't, like, I just like, didn't know what to do. I was just like, this is like a really shitty way to feel every single day. And this thing is making me feel better. And it was like, each time that I practiced it, like more light, like, you know, it started with like an hour of light and it was like an hour and like 10 minutes, you know, it's like, it slowly started to come back and I started to feel like myself. I started to take back my power. Um, and like I said, I just kind of went down the, the Kundalini rabbit hole. Um, I love it. I love Kundalini so much because I just have seen what it's done for me in the last eight to 10 years. I see what's doing for my students and my clients. And the way I teach it is very different than the traditional way. Um, you know, like I said, the whole like cult vibe energy just like didn't resonate for me. So I was like, how do I modernize this? And how do I really connect back to the root of what Kundalini actually is? And for many people that hear about Kundalini, they hear about Kundalini yoga and meditation. And that really only came here in the late 60s and 70s. Kundalini started with the first human being. Um, so it predates all of that. Um, a lot of these teachings comes from five to 7,000 years ago. So this is like an ancient, ancient science. And um, it's really powerful when you go beyond the yoga and meditation that Kundalini actually is. And that's just what I'm on a mission to share and teach because it changed my life and I know it can help so many other people. Wow. <laughs> chills. Danielle and, I, uh, Danielle and I always say we're like chills. Mm. Um, so that is just so amazing. And I can just like, you know, when you can just like feel someone's story and you, you can like resonate with so much of it. And I really want to ask you, first of all, how well I have two questions that I really want to Go ask first so first question is how like what happened then like did you just go to classes regularly and then did you start it well like how long was it before you started training like were you like mm. thinking am I am I am I someone who can do this you know when you're at the beginning and you yeah. have like imposter syndrome and you're like oh like for me say example with the Akashic Records I was like I'm, I'm not that powerful. I can't do that. Like, there's no way I can do that. But then once you get going, obviously, you're then like, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. If you like it, just yes. try it. Like, did you have imposter syndrome to get started? Great question. Um, yes and no. It really felt like it was something that was already in my soul. You know, when you like start learning something, you're like, I know this already. Like, it was like the second I started doing it, I was like, oh, like I've done this for lifetimes. And there wasn't this part of like, you're not ready to do it. Um, it was more like, you got to get out there and do it, Brianna. Like this, this is like an ancient thing that you've been carrying around with you. Um, doesn't mean that I wasn't afraid or, or what have you um, to, to share it. That definitely felt a little weird to share it. Um, my story with it is I took a couple of classes and like I said, I just never resonated with how dogmatic that it was. It was very much like go in, sit down, do the Kriya, don't ask questions. I don't even know why I'm practicing the Kriya and get up and leave. And I was like, this just like, doesn't feel like 
right? I'm like, the Kriyas work. I was like, but the whole like masculine or like wounded masculine container of it didn't feel right. So I did try and take classes, but every time I did it, I just like, didn't feel icky. And it kind of like messed up my nervous system, um, messed up my energy. Like it was working, but at the point of like burning out, you know what I mean? Like I would feel the effects, but I'd be like so tired. And I was like, what? Like I just racked my head. I'm like, what is this? So I started to just go within with the practice and I was just playing around the energy myself. And I would spend hours working in kundalini energy like that was my job um i was just starting you know my business so i didn't really have any clients and that was my job every single day i'd spend like 20 hours a week just being with this energy studying it um being very like analytical with it like what happens when i do this posture what happens when i do this posture what happens when i do it at this time what happens when i do it for three minutes instead of the 11 minutes and I just started to play with it instead of feeling like i had to follow the rules so specifically I was like, what if there weren't any rules? What if I decided the rule? Like, what if I went home and I was like, all right, what does my body need today? And how does it, how does the Kundalini energy need to work through me? Um, and I found that doing that, there was so much more potency to the Kriya rather than like going, sitting, doing it for three minutes and, and, and coming out of it. You'd see results like that. But like I said, be, and I'd feel like burnt out or whatever it may be. So I started to play with that. And that's what scared me because I was going against what's out there is traditional. Yeah. Uh, but even like the first couple of times that I'd share it, people were like, that's not right. You know, like I would get like all these DMs and I was like, oh, you know, like it definitely like hit the wound of like wanting to be the people pleaser or wanting to fight like the good girl that I think so many of us kind of carry with us. I had to do a lot of healing on being the good girl. Um, and then I started sharing and I started creating just meditation classes on Long Island because there weren't any Kundalini classes besides this one. And I was like, I don't want people to learn it that way. I want people to learn like, I didn't have the, the terminology for this back then, but I wanted them to learn it the divine feminine way. Like I wanted them to like reconnect with their divine feminine. So created this meditation class, didn't have any like intention of like how successful it was going to be. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put it out there, see who shows up. And the class would pack out every single time. Like people were just like, we would like pack the room of like 50 people for this meditation class. And everybody was sitting like pre-COVID, right? We could sit shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee. Everyone was like, you know, packed in there. And I was like, all right, we're on to something. And then from there, I ended up finding a Kundalini teacher who's similar to me was like, this stuff works, but like, it's a little too like cut and dry. Um, let's fuse some other things into it. And I went through her program. Um, it was eight months and in it, she taught the five element theory and traditional Chinese medicine and how to read the body and then read the Kriyas according to the elements. Um, and that was gosh, probably like four years ago now. And when I learned that, I was like, Oh, like it just like my brain just like went into overdrive. I was like, this makes so much sense. Now I have like a science to put together, like the experimentation I've been doing in my bedroom by myself. And then I went down the rabbit hole of just studying Chinese medicine and the five elements. And that's kind of where I am today, where um, it's not just about the Korea. I'm looking at a student's energy. I'm reading their energy using the five element theory, and then basically recommending a curated Korea set for them by looking at the meridians of the Kriya stimulating. So that way we're using a Kriya that works with that person's energy instead of against it. And being really like aware of what's happening in the energy, what's happening in the body. Cause if the body starts to shift differently or the energy starts to shift differently, we modify the Kriya. I'm all about modification, all about modernization. I'm all about listening to that person's energy and using the five elements and intuition, of course. And I think that's really what sets us apart versus what like the mainstream kundalini yoga is right now eventually lightly their kundalini will be mainstream of course but for what's mainstream right now um that's what's starting to set us apart is really looking at this energy and invoking the divine feminine and i think that's like bringing kundalini back home to what it actually was because if you go back thousands of years ago kundalini feminism like women were in power and then they were suppressed right and it's like it's kind of what happened with the yoga and meditation the feminine energy was so suppressed and now we're just like trying to force it to come up and then push it back down when in reality it just wants to move it just wants to create it just wants to move through your body so that's what we're doing is like listening to this shakti right the divine feminine the kundalini that lives within all of us and seeing where she needs to go rather than forcing her to go someplace that sort of goes against everything we're taught to do. Like yes. from the time that we're little, it's like, 
sit here for these amount of hours while you go to school, yes. read these books and think these thoughts. Don't ask any questions. Mm-hmm. No asking questions, just do these things. Yes. And, and then to break out of that and go, how do I just make things work for myself? It's like, like everything blows up when you do that because we're not used to doing it. And, um, just so the listeners know, I actually was a coach in Brianna's program for some time. And one yes. of the things we would see all the time is people have a hard time breaking out of that mindset where they really want the cookie cutter, even though they don't really, they just yes. don't realize they can and that they have the ability to break free of that and leave that in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. that literally was my second question. You, you, you read me, you read me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say to you, like, um, which you answered so beautifully is taking something and adapting it, adjusting it, changing it slightly, modernizing it, as you say. But like the main thing is like doing it in a way that you feel is just so right. Mm. That's what people are afraid of. Like, you know, for example, when I started reading tarot, I was taught to read a certain spread and it just never felt right. And I just, I just couldn't do it. And then after months of just suffering and trying it, I finally was just like, I feel like reading like this. I've not seen anyone read like this, but it's just what I feel like doing. And I did it. And that was it. Everyone wanted readings with me. Everyone was giving me really good feedback because I, I, I changed it. And I, I, I don't even, I don't know why, but I can't get the words out of like, I did it my own way. Mm. If, but it was, from a place of like love and, and intention and it just worked. And um, I don't know, I guess that's what's sometimes scary because you're paving a new path, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. I love that you share that. I think a large part of it is embodiment. Sometimes the cookie cutter stuff, like it does work if it feels right for you, you know, fo- follow it if it feels right. But the second it doesn't start to feel right. And you're like, huh, you know, like I knew the second I went into that class, I'm like, it works, but something's off. You know, it's like, it's something's happening here and I need to change it and same, you know, with you with the tarot, you're like, all right, I can read this, but like the spread isn't, is it working correctly? And I think we just have to give ourselves permission to question and to listen to ourselves. Cause we're taught, like Daniel said, at such a young age that it's like, oh no, you actually don't know what's right. The teacher does, or like the parent does, or the friend does, or the family member does. Like we are taught at such a young age to like suppress the intuition and just think like, oh, I don't actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. My mom does, or like my dad does, or the teacher, I'm going to go to the teacher. And I think it, it comes into play in so many different areas of our life where we're taught that this like this validation is like outside of ourselves that someone out there knows more than we do. And in reality, it's like, we have all of the answers, right? So the the second we start to accept that we are actually the guru, the guru isn't outside of us. And we accept that we are the guru and we own that life gets to be a lot easier. Right. And part of this is like this pendulum swing where we go from cookie cutter, like overly done masculine system. So then we like crack out of it and go way into the feminine where there's no structure whatsoever and we're just exploring and that's okay too and then we have to come back to center and start to bring back in that structure that feels alignment that's embodied that's aligned for us and feels really good so like my experience with kundalini was like you know over eight years it was like i did the the dogmatic version didn't feel right then i spent a hell of a lot of time just playing with energy all in the feminine like not grounded at all and then i came back to center and i think that's normal for a lot of people when they start to crack out of this, everyone knows better than me, this kind of story. And I start to realize, oh, I actually know what's right for me. Um, and we have to go through that process. And it, it takes it takes time because there's a lot of programming from a young age telling us that we don't actually know what's right for us. And you, th- you took things even a step further than that, where you weren't just taking the kundalini yoga general approach of doing it the way that it's been taught you modernize it and then you threw in business which feels (laughs) for some reason it works really well so why don't you talk a little bit about that too yes oh my gosh I love to talk about this so for four years I was like 
spirituality and business mix, but like, I couldn't see how they went together. And there was like this weird, you know, uh, like little circle that I played in with myself where I was like, all right, maybe I just have to have two separate businesses. I'll have like spiritual business and then I'll have, you know, regular marketing business. And I was like, this like feels like crap. Cause I felt like my soul was just like split in two. And I think a lot of people go through this where they're like, I don't think I can blend everything together. I have to be one or the other. And it got to this point when I was in meditation and I started to like my meditation split in half. And I saw two different visions out of each eye. Like it felt like my soul was splitting. It didn't feel good. I was like, Oh, like I was almost nauseous and I was going through it. And I was like, okay, we got, we got to come back home. We, we can't have the soul splitting and like the energy going all over the place. We need to realize how this works. Um, and part of it was again, like really grounding into it and realizing that both of these worlds can coexist. All of me can coexist. And I think a lot of times as women, like we're taught, like you can't be all the things or, or like you can't be, you know, everything that you are, you have to pick and choose. And for me, I was like, all right, well, what if I just like redefine that? I was like, I get to be it all. I get to do all the things and I get to help all the people because when I was doing the branding and marketing, the people needed spiritual development to align with what their branding and marketing needed. When I was working with spiritual people, they wanted to build a business where they had no branding and marketing. So I was like, all right, there's, there's connection here. And I fought it for literally four years, four years. I had this like traditional cookie cutter branding business that like on surface looked really like normal. Um, and that's, I think where I was going for, I wanted it to be normal. I wanted it to be so badly accepted, but like underneath the covers, I was spending like hours chanting, meditating, doing all this like cool stuff. And I was like, this, this needs, we need to bring them two together. And it got to the point, And I think this happens for a lot of us where it's like, when we don't listen to the intuition and we don't listen to the universe, the universe starts like with like the soft little whispers. And then when we like ignore it, it gets really loud and like shakes our life up where we have to pay attention. So for me, what happened was like all of my clients, like nothing it was like dead silent. I had no money coming in and I had to really think about it. Um, what am I going to do? And I was like, all right, well, maybe I go back and I get a nine to five that doesn't feel right. And I was just like sitting there and crying. And I just kept hearing create Kundalini business coaching, your life will change. And you know, like any good intuitive hit, I was like, nah, I'm not going to listen to that. That feels too scary. Um, and it just kept persisting where it's like the money just like dried up from my branding business. And finally I was like, well, I have, I have no other choice. Let me just do this. So on a whim, I put a little landing page up on my branding website that said like under construction um, and put together Kundalini business coaching because I was noticing that there was a connection between the Kriyas and success and aspects of your business. And I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's just launch something. Let me talk to people about my experience of Kundalini um, and really be open about it and own that this is who I am. And I launched my business and within two weeks, I booked out my one-on-one -on -one roster with like 15 people and had a wait list. Um, prior to that, I was hitting like $3,000 months and that would felt like a celebration with this new business. I had my first month in with no website, like nothing at all. I hit $15,000 or $18,000. And I was like, all right, this is, there's a huge increase. I guess I'm doing the right thing. And every day I just sat on my meditation pillow and did my Kriya and get the downloads. And I started to see like a direct connection between where people were getting stuck in their business and how the Kriya could basically come in almost like medicine, like medicinal, the Kriya would come in and help them work through that aspect of their business. So I started doing that with my one-on-one -on -one clients and it was just exploding. Like the results they were having, I couldn't keep up with the demand of my one-on-ones. It was like an entrepreneur's like dream. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, this is wild. It's like, I had never experienced such a rush of abundance um, before. And that wasn't my focus. My focus wasn't to be like, I wanted to be able to pay my bills, but I wasn't like, I'm going to be a millionaire doing this. I just wanted to help people. I just always was so focused on how can I make more impact? How can I change more lives? How can I create this ripple effect? And that was still to this day, that's, that's my, my focus. And got to the point where the one-on-one -on -one roster was just like constantly booked. I was burning out and I was like, all right, well, again, how do I make more impact? How do I change my lives? Um, and I started to notice a pattern with my one-on-one -on -one clients where they were all coming to me for the same thing. 
you know, some things were a little different, but it was pretty much like the same session I was having over and over again with people. So I created the Ascension Academy and that's my signature group program. It's one that Danielle took. And then she also became a coach inside the program. Um, it's been around for almost three years now, February, Mar- March will be three years. Um, and it's been like the most beautiful experience that I have ever had the opportunity to be a part of and to create. And that program strategically pairs Korea's with different aspects of growing and scaling your business. So that way you're not getting stuck any longer. Um, we have a Korea for that. And you go in and you work through the Korea and the blocks that the Korea like kind of moves up for you and your business. And then you get to the next level. So it's a business ascension that you're going through. We have six pillars, six modules, six Koreas to six figures. Um, and it's pretty potent and it's really cool to see what's happened and how many lives it's changed. I had no idea creating that, that it would be where we are today. I was like, I'm just going to try to get some people in this group coaching program because I need to figure out how to make more impact. Had no idea that we're in our 12th enrollment right now um, and we're not stopping. So it's been a really just like so full of gratitude for this work. And then I get to teach it to people every single day. I just love where you came from too, because the fact that you just had this like nudge where you're like, oh, I heard Kundalini in this book. Let me Google it. Okay. There's a Kundalini class. <laughs> I'll do that. And we kind of follow that trail and all of a sudden yeah. you look up and a few years later, you're like, wow, like that little nudge is the reason why I'm here. And actually when I first signed up for the Ascension Academy, that was exactly what happened to me where I had no intentions of being in this world or doing any of this stuff. And I just had this nudge. I saw like one of your ads came up on my Facebook and I was like, that's weird. I'm friends with her. We went to high school together. Let me just ask her what the hell this is. And then you told me about it. And I was just like full body. Yes. Like, I don't even care what the price is. Just put me in it. I didn't know why. I was just like, this is what you're supposed to do. So just listen. And I think that goes against everything that we're taught about not trusting ourselves. And when we start to trust ourselves and we can really hear that little voice within us going, this is where you need to be. Don't question it. When we listen to that, we can't go wrong. It just always works out, right? Totally. I I love that you brought that up because I think it goes back to this piece of like, we try to base everything off of logic and we can't always base it off of logic. We have to follow the intuition and what it's telling us and following those little nudges and all those little breadcrumbs because they add it to something big. It's like small little right steps take you to something really big over the course of a couple of years, even a couple of months. Um, And especially with your business, I don't know if people are going to be listening to this are entrepreneurs or not, but there's going to be many times where you can't make the business decision off of like what makes sense. You have to base it off of like what feels right. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was working with a mentor and I had this idea to launch the Kundalini Korea challenge, which is like one of like the best things I've ever created. Um, And I was telling her about it and she's like, I don't know. She's like, I just feel like it doesn't fit in with the business plan. And I was like, but I I saw it in my meditation. Like I, I, heard like you have to do the kundalini create challenge you have to create that and she's just like I I don't know just like it doesn't really make sense of everything and I'm so happy that I was like all right like I I admire you and thank you for that information and also I'm gonna trust myself and I remember I like sat down I like pummeled it all out I sat there channeled everything I launched it within 48 hours um she messaged me she's like okay so I guess you went with the idea anyway and I was like I did and it ended up being like the biggest thing possible we had like uh, over a thousand people join the challenge um and beyond like that number just so many people were reaching out to me and they were like thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you this is exactly what I needed oh my god this changed my life and I was like sometimes we can't make decisions based off of like ROI, like this, I'm only going to do this in my business. If it's going to make me this amount of money and try to make everything so like logical, sometimes we just have to lean into like that, that inner voice and say, yes, even when other people around us are telling us, no, we have to trust ourselves. Like we have to bet on ourselves every single day and choose us and our, our vision and our dreams every single day above anything else. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. This, this has been like a breakthrough for me. I, I mm. genuinely feel like um, when I don't live in the past by making decisions on what happened in the past or projecting onto the future and thinking, well, hang on a minute, let me just slot this in. Uh, oh, maybe if I do that, this might happen again. It's just a prediction anyway. If I'm yeah. sitting in my present self and I actually allow myself to go with what is randomly coming to me. It's 
in any ways right and and it feels right and it and oh I don't know I just I feel like we were living in a world and a, a lot of people still live in a world where we're told it's the brain the brain is the most important thing and you listen to the brain and you go with the logic and you know you look up to people who are smarter than you and it's kind of like don't think for yourself they're going to do the thinking for you they went to university and they've done all of these hours and 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 they do all of this to think for you and then you just yeah. it's like we give our power away and and it's such an alien feeling at first when you take it back because it's like exciting and you're nervous and you're like, is this gonna work yeah. out? Is it kind of like a lot weighing on it? But when you when you when you go with what feels right in your gut and in your heart and what comes to you, the downloads when you take the time to do a meditation. When I do my kundalini, like ideas come to me and I'm like, that's so wacky and random and I'm hell yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, it's so yeah. fun. Like, yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, love it. so good. So good. Well, just to touch on that with, with kundalini, kundalini is, is divine feminine energy. So um, it's said that this energy is the creator of everything that we see in our world, in our life. So when you're playing with that type of energy, you're going to get like the most divine, potent, juicy downloads that probably won't make sense because you're the one supposed to receive them, not anyone else. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be like those, those game changing ideas that chose you, right? Like there's like a database of like juicy ideas kind of floating around and you, they, they choose you to birth them and share them and create them. And it won't, makes sense to a lot of other people because they didn't get the download you did yeah exactly and and asking other people will will act can actually um delay you or actually prevent you from doing it right because totally. even even if like for you with the mentor saying oh i'm not sure like 90 percent of people would probably go oh well she knows best and maybe i'm being silly maybe maybe like Maybe I was imagining it. Maybe that is the wrong yeah. thing. And then they don't do it. And then it doesn't happen. And that's yeah. sad for the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Based on that, what advice would you have for people who are just kind of at the beginning of this? And what would you say to them to help them? Mm. Yes. Listen to your body, right? When we are in our bodies, like fully in our bodies, your bodies are so smart and so intuitive and so intelligent. They're going to tell you if something is a hell yes or a hell no. So like when I was talking with that mentor, everything, like my body was like, no, 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 do it. Like I I couldn't deny that physical sensation that I was feeling. Um, And oftentimes I feel that the ego lives in the mind it doesn't live in the body. So when we can almost like separate, you know, separate the, the mind from the rest of the body, um, we can tap into our own innate wisdom that's coursing through our cells our fibers, our tissues, our veins, um, and your body is so responsive. And, you know, it definitely comes with time where you have to learn how to trust your body and trust your intuition. And like your body has its own language, but that's why I love bringing in the five elements because the five elements are the language of the body. The, the body doesn't have words to speak to us in it has like feelings and emotions and sensations and we start to like kind of build up our dictionary on that on how to connect and read and learn um, understanding that language that unfortunately isn't taught to us you know at birth um, when we start to really learn that language we become so empowered and so embodied and it's no longer this person has this answer you might want to like check in with your friends and share an exciting idea but you're not doing it from a place of lack you're not doing it from a place of scarcity you're not doing it from a place of I don't know so let me see what they think you're doing it from a place of like excitement alignment um, you know like full body yes and you're sharing it because you're pumped versus anything else so for anyone that's just starting out pay attention to how your body's responding. Like think about something that's so exciting to you. Notice what comes up and then think about something that is like really stressful and like not good. How does your body feel? Um, And just start to know those differences. So that way, when you're making decisions, you're not trying to like make it so logical and have your checklist and, you know, your pros and cons, those those are good, right? Those are fun, but ultimately you want to feel into it. And I found that the best decisions that I've ever made, made absolutely no sense. Um, You know, there were the ones that like, everyone's like, why? (laughs) Like the Kundalini business coaching thing, like what? That's kind of crazy. But crazy means like cash 
flow. Crazy means like embodiment. Crazy means change. Um, you know, we, we need a lot more crazy, enlightened, spiritual weirdos out there on the planet doing the work, sharing the work, you know, bringing down the house because we need to create an entirely new world that's built on love, alignment, freedom, compassion, um, grace, expansion, intuition. Like that's really what this new world is looking for. And we get to be a vital part of it. I'm over here giggling to myself because literally anytime I have a new idea or something I want to do, I just tell the two of you and no one else. And the reason Mm -hmm. why is because you guys are of the same vein as me where it doesn't matter how weird or out there it is. You're like, you feel like it's a hell yes, go for it. it. That sounds great. Whereas other people might be stuck in their own ego and go, Ooh, but what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't X, Y, and Z? Like that mentor that you had where for her, it's like, I don't want Brandon to get hurt. So I'm going to try and stop ahead of time. Yes, totally. And you know, at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, like let's say the, the big idea doesn't work, it's a detour in the right direction. It's an opportunity for growth. So anytime there's a failure, it's not a failure. It's an opportunity to grow and expand. So bet on yourself, go like be your own hype woman, go in, like go in, like you're running like the race and like, you're going like, you know, you're just going for it no blinders on. And like, what's the worst that could happen? You learn something from it. Like that's, that's really not that bad. You're just gaining more tools that that are going to help you get to that next level. I like to think of life as like a big video game. Like we're constantly going through the levels at the end of the level, there's always a big dragon or something that we have to slay. And then like, once we defeat it, we go on to the next level. Like that's, that's all it is. Life is just a big matrix video game that we're just constantly working through and ascending. Yes. And, and like you said, like, what is the worst that could happen? Like, you know, uh, Danielle and I speak about this quite a lot. Anytime there's been like a big, I don't know, challenging time in your life, not like all, almost always you will look back and be like, I'm so glad that happened. Look at who I am now. I've learned so much. I've built better boundaries. I have connected with my intuition more. I I've learned a lesson and it's not about getting it wrong because who says you're getting it wrong anyway? Like whose standards are you going by? You've got to go by your own standards and you've got to go for it. And, and successful people fail too. Like everybody fails, like failure is not the, the big, bad, scary thing that they make it out to be. It's actually quite liberating when you you kind of fail and you're like oh well that's because I didn't do this right but now I know that I need to do this next time and you keep going totally and how boring is it to like not try anything new like if you're constantly like just everything's perfect in your life like we need to have the the duality we need to have the highs and lows to be grateful for like when we do have those highs and those lows teach us so much and we just get to grow and expand so we have to embrace it and every successful person fails like that's how they become successful because you have to try things out and learn and success you know you have to determine what that is for you and what that looks like for you not someone else's version of it too you yeah. said before the brain and the body, even though they're part of one system, they really aren't yes. separate systems that operate simultaneously. And I think a lot of people have a hard time envisioning what that looks like and how that feels. And mm. one of the things that the brain does is it actually gets us into this subconscious state where we're just repeating the same actions, thoughts, yes. behaviors, and emotions every single day. So to change that, your brain is going to have a freak out. It's going to go, don't like, don't do this thing. The ego is going to get so loud in your ear. Who are you to do this? Why would you put that out there? And your body, even if it feels like a hell yes, has to now fight against the brain and the subconscious mind, which are just trying to get you to stay stagnant. And that can be difficult to overcome. So for you, how did you really just allow yourself to (laughs) tap fully into the body and override that subconscious? Oh, so I'm so happy you asked this question. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that is definitely an overachiever. So when I start to freak out, I'm like, I'm going to conquer this. I'm like, I'm going to go big. The second that I start to freak out, I'm like, I'm like an up level is happening. Got to keep going. Like I embrace it. And I look at the, the shadow or I look at the block and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to slay you. Like, we're going to work through this and I'm going to just bust through it. I get excited when that happens. And maybe I'm just like a special kind of crazy, but like, that's, that's for me. I look at it and, you know, I do have support. Of course I have, um, you know, a therapist and we work very intimately together. And so when these things come up, I'm like, got to work on it right now. Like this thing's coming up. I'm freaking out about it. I know that there's light on the other side of it. So 
from anyone that's listening, I mean, when, when that starts happening, it's actually a good sign because it means you're reprogramming a pattern or a story or a belief. It means that you're changing and you're growing and you're expanding. So if you like succumb to it and you're like, oh, like I can't do it, I'm afraid or whatever, like that pattern is going to keep repeating in your life. And something that I think about, I'm like, I don't want to be this way when I'm 65 or 85 and working on this shit. Like I want to work on it right now. So that's why I just kind of like put my, my armor on, get my support team. I amp up the Kriyas. I'm doing the journal work and I just face it head on because I'd rather go through it now than have it kind of squirm up a month from now, a year from now, 10 years from now and deal with it then. That's, that's kind of my, my way. (laughs) That's the best way to do it though, right? Change the perspective. And I agree. Like when, when I have this now, and I don't know if it's, is because I'm a, um, Oh, what's it called? You know, when, um, in astrology, the beginning, there's like mutable fixed and I'm Typical. not so great with astrology. It's totally <laughs> gone, gone out of my mind. But the signs all, they, they there's a start, a middle and an end in each as mm-hmm. you go through the different signs. And okay. I'm the start. So I love starting things. I love starting mm-hmm. things. And for me, whenever I go through like a challenge in time, I'm like, right, what needs to be changed? Where can I start again? What do I need to get rid of? Like, I'm, yes. I'm like, I'm lo- I love purging. I mean, I, yes. I, I get colonics. I, I detox I, I do all of these things like it's mind body spirit and and for me because I switched it to be like what can I make how can I make it better what's yeah. going wrong what do I need to leave behind it makes it so much easier cleaner faster yes and 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 more enjoyable I guess <laughs> totally yeah I think if we can learn how to embrace it I think we're taught so much that's like if we are having anxiety we need to run away from it or like if we're having fear run away from it. it's the wrong thing it's like we actually need to reprogram that it's like if we're in fear unless we're in mortal danger, of course, if we're in fear, that's actually the path that you should be going down. We just kind of like got it wrong. We got the messaging wrong. We were told wrong when we were little. Fear means keep going. Fear means follow it up. Fear means like focus on it and work through it and embrace it. When we run away, that's when we stunt our own growth and we stay exactly the same. It's true. Fear is the growth. And we're not taught to lean into that and let that be so because in an evolutionary way, Fear is supposed to mean like a bear is coming at you, run away. Yes. But we're not presented with a lot of situations in 2021 where a bear is coming <laughs> at us and we're still responding like we are. We yeah. have to break out of that habit. We have to get totally. into a place where we can lean into the fear and let it propel us forward. Mm. Something that you said about loving to start things and move them through. One of the things that I've really admired Brianna for, for all this time is that she's been running this program now for three years and it has been exponentially growing. Like there is no slowdown to her reach and her impact and her abundance. So the question that I have is how do you actually maintain that? Because this is definitely a marathon, not a sprint, but that is a lot of energy to have to hold on to for long periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, I love that you mentioned that it's a marathon, not a sprint, because I think of success as an endurance sport. Um, I'm not thinking of it as like, all right, I have to go run a mile. I'm like, I'm doing the ultra marathon, you know, like I'm in it for the long run. I'm in it for the endurance. Um, how do I build my endurance? And a lot of it comes down to my Kundalini practice every single week. I am looking at my energy. I'm using the five elements. I'm seeing where my energy's at. I'm seeing where I need to be. I'm creating a customized Korea set. Like I know within an instant, if I'm off, you know, and it doesn't mean that I always come back to center in a minute. No, I'm human. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm going to just sit and watch Netflix for a couple hours and do that. Like I, I do allow myself to be human, but I am hyper aware of my energy, um, where I'm at and my own internal alignment. Um, like it's like I'm my own like energy doctor and I can really feel into when I'm off. And I think that's a big key in sustaining the Ascension Academy and sustaining success and not having these high and low months. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is like this insane burnout where it's like, they might get a lot in and then they lose it 
or um, it just is constantly like, do, 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 like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. A lot of it stems from energy. Energy creates the, the, the 3D. So we have to learn how to master our energy first and foremost. We have to understand our own energetic blueprint for success first and foremost. And, um, you know, really be our own, you know, energy archaeologists and understand how the energy needs to move through us before we can add on the website, the landing page, the launch plan, all that stuff. If we don't know ourselves first and foremost, the launch plan's going to fail. So for me, I've had enough, um, you know, uh, times where I've launched the Ascension Academy that it's basically a machine at this point. You know, I know exactly where my energy needs to be. I know exactly the systems that we need. Um, there's always opportunity for growth, of course, um, according to wealth dynamics. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. I'm a mechanic, so I'm constantly fixing and fine tuning and making it run smoother. That's just my natural thing. So each round of the Ascension Academy does grow and expand and we find better ways to do things. Cause I'm, I'm never, it's not that I'm like striving for perfection, but I'm striving for making the best experience possible for my students and my clients. And I know there's always new ways to do that and, and to grow and expand it. But ultimately I need to learn how to master my energy, master my domain and be here first. Cause if I'm not here in the body, I can't be out there in the physical world doing this work, holding that energy. Like it's a lot to hold your clients and your energy too. And if you haven't developed your aura, if you haven't developed your energy system, if you haven't worked through your blocks, your students are going to trigger the hell out of you. You're not going to be able to sustain the success because it's going to feel too much and they're going to burn you out. You have to go in there with such deep connection to yourself with such love and compassion for your students and your clients because you're doing the work too. You have to be in that neutral zone where you are there to be the channel and carry the wisdom. Them. Um, and it didn't happen overnight, but uh, at this point, everything is just, it's so it's like this beautiful machine that we have running and it's really potent and it's just still growing and expanding for 2021 as well. And we have nothing in the cards to pull it away. Um, the program just, you know, it's, it's, it's still so needed and we're really excited to still share it. So where can people find this incredible course and and even connect with you because I, I know for a fact that people are going to be listening to this and be like, sign me up. Where is she? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm big on Instagram. So that's a great place to be at. I am Brianna Rose. I am Brianna with two N's. Um, I also have a free Facebook group, the Rising Light Sisterhood. I have free trainings every Friday in there. Um, it's loaded with light leaders and like-minded people um, really focused on sisterhood and connection. And then you can visit my website, lightleaderco.com and learn all about my work. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, Brianna. This is oh, a pleasure. I love having you. <laughs> oh, I know. I want to keep going. This is so yeah. fun. Thank you so you know much. What? I have a feeling that a lot of people after they listen to this episode are going to want to know even more about Kundalini. So maybe we'll have you back sometime sure. in the near future to talk more about it. I mean, I, I think love that. four of our last guests have mentioned Kundalini at some point. So yeah, it, it's a so thing. Cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Cool. I was... I was just going to say, we drop it into every episode. So it's been amazing to have you here. Mm -hmm. Your energy is just incredible. I, I feel charged and yeah, we have to have you back again. <laughs> I, I will be back. Just ask me and I'll be here. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank awesome. you. For Thank listening. you. Yeah, we're uh, so happy to have Brianna on. All of her information is right in the bio of this episode. And we cannot wait to see you again next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.